When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to another Headlines episode of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, where I am informing you of the need-to-know news stories that have to do with the climate and the planet in 15 minutes or less. Now, on today's show, we have a theme. The theme is climate reports. We're outlining the main points and all those recent climate reports that have been released in the past few weeks. There's lots of reports coming out, but there's not a lot of action, is there? I believe it's really darn important to educate ourselves on what exactly are in these reports, what exactly climate science is finding and telling us. Now, disclaimer alert, if your eco-anxiety is high at the moment, please know that there's very little in today's show that's going to alleviate that climate anxiety. Perhaps you skipped today's show. However, if you are committed to staying aware, to keeping your eyes wide open, then stay with me. We do have a little piece of good news before we get into the climate reports today. So let's start out with the good news. The U.S. and China, also known, by the way, as the world's two largest greenhouse gas emitters, did agree on Wednesday of this week to re-engage in climate talks after more than a year of silence, radio silence and crickets. Now, there is hope that this breakthrough could inject momentum into international climate negotiations that begin later this month in Dubai. China does rank as the world's largest emitter of carbon dioxide. China releases about 12.7 billion metric tons each year. That's more than twice that of the United States. However, The U.S. industrialized sooner, which means that the U.S. bears more global responsibility for total carbon emissions. That often gets left out of the conversation. But let's remember, the U.S. bears more global responsibility because we industrialized sooner. Now, the two countries, the U.S. and China, did say they would step up the coordination of curbing methane, which is that extra potent greenhouse gas. They also said they'd work together to speed up a transition away from fossil fuels to renewable energy. So some real good news there, some talks happening. Let's see if those talks translate into action. Now we're getting into the three climate reports that I want to cover and break down for you today. The first one is United States specific. The National Climate Assessment is compiled by countless federal agencies, and it's published every few years at the direction 
of Congress. It is meant to paint a picture of the state of the nation as our economy, as our environment, as our public health faces deepening threats from climate change. Now, not so fun fact here. The last time that the National Climate Assessment came out was in 2018 during the Trump administration. And the Trump administration did quietly release the assessment on Black Friday. It's a slow news day, right? We're all out shopping. We're not paying attention. And so the Trump administration released the last National Climate Assessment on Black Friday of 2018. This year, 2023, the Biden administration is releasing it a little bit earlier when we are hopefully paying more attention. This year's is the fifth assessment of its kind. It is the product of four years of work by 900 authors who all study climate change. And what did it find? It found that extreme weather disasters are happening more frequently surprise to no one, and these weather disasters are costing the United States $150 billion per year on average. So let's put that number into perspective. $150 billion a year. In the 1980s, weather-related disasters responsible for at least $1 billion in damages, adjusted for inflation, by the way, struck three times per year on average. Okay, so let's say that again. Extreme weather disasters in the 1980s, they happened three times a year in the United States. But now, between 2018 and 2022, the United States averaged 18 such weather-related catastrophes per year. What a jump. Three weather-related catastrophes a year back in the 80s. 18 a year in 2023. And that leads me to think, well, what's it going to look like in 2040? In 2050, how many weather-related disasters will we have then? And so let's remind ourselves what America has experienced this year. We had wildfires in Maui. We had major flooding in Vermont. We had deadly heat, heck, unprecedented heat in the Phoenix area. We had thick smoke in New York and other East Coast cities from those record-breaking wildfires in Canada. It has not been a great weather year for us, has it? Well, this report outlines how dramatically extreme weather disasters have increased in frequency and intensity in all corners of the country. No one area in the United States is safe. And these numbers, $150 billion a year, right? That is such a big number. And if you're like me, you may have trouble understanding how big that number is. And so way, way down in the report were the day-to-day life predictions that I wanna highlight for you so that we can all understand on a bone-deep level what our future is likely gonna look like. You ready? The assessment predicts that food will become scarcer and more expensive. And that's because rising temperatures and changes in precipitation will reduce a farm's productivity. It will also affect the nutritional content of crops. The assessment predicts disproportionate harms to women, children, older adults, and poor communities. The assessment predicts migration due to climate related disasters will affect housing affordability. Millions of people are likely to be displaced in the coming decades because of, again, wildfires, rising sea levels, droughts, etc. And disasters in other countries 
as well as the economic effects from disasters in other countries, will increase immigration to the U.S. This is all day-to-day life changes that this assessment believes are knocking on our door. So that's one report. Let's go to the next one. 35 years ago, a NASA climate scientist named James Hansen stood in front of the U.S. Congress and said that humans are causing an increase in greenhouse gas emissions and it is changing our climate. He said that and everybody was like, whoa, what are you talking about? James Hansen can't be true. Well, a new report out earlier again this month found that planet Earth just endured its hottest 12 months in the modern era. It has probably just endured the hottest in 125,000 years. This means that three out of four people experienced more than a month's worth of heat that was so extreme it would have been considered unusual in the past, but it is now three times more likely because of climate change that, again, is human-caused. This new report also highlights the fact that our planet is closer than ever to that global warming benchmark of 1.5 degrees Celsius, aka 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit above pre-industrial norms. Now that number, 1.5 degrees Celsius, it's always thrown out as the benchmark, the point of no return, the irreversible damage, if not destruction to ecosystems, right? Let's talk about that number for a hot minute because this study says we're really darn close to hitting it. 1.5 degrees Celsius is not necessarily a magical tipping point for the Earth's demise. However, the United Nations has warned of severe and very likely irreversible consequences above that level of 1.5 degrees Celsius warming. Many staple crops will not be able to grow when the Earth warms to that level. Even the best water conservation practices will not combat the very likely droughts that will occur. And so a senior lecturer in climate science summed all of this new research up quite succinctly by saying, quote, if we don't phase out fossil fuels now and stop burning them eminently, this will be a very cool year soon. So we just endured the hottest 12 months on record. Very soon, if we don't change our behavior and change it now, change it yesterday, This year, the hottest year on record, will be considered a cool year quite soon. Now, let's go back to climate scientist James Hansen. 35 years ago, he spoke to Congress with an alarming prediction, an alarming statement. Well, Hansen and his colleagues across the world do argue right now that climate change will catapult global temperatures into crisis territory earlier than previously thought. They say that the Earth is already nearing those average temperatures of more than 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial norms. And this, by the way, is an alarming prediction coming from Hansen. He believes that in the next several months, we are going to go well beyond the 1.5 degrees Celsius on a 12-month average. And for the rest of this decade, the average is going to be at least 1.5. So not so great news, right? That number, according to the UN, was the tipping point. Well, Hansen and his colleagues say that we've reached it. We've basically reached that tipping point now. 
So we're going to take our ad break. And then when we come back, I have one more study for you, one more report out. And it is looking less at America and more at us as a globe, as a planet. We'll get there after our quick sponsor break. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. And we're back on today's show. We are covering the climate reports that are coming out. We're covering three of them in particular. Lots of reports coming out from climate science, but not a lot of action on the governmental level. Our final climate report to uncover breakdown today comes from seven climate organizations that looked at 42 indicators of climate progress. Guess what the report found? Well, not surprisingly, of those 42 indicators of climate progress, the world is succeeding at only one of these 42 indicators. The one place we're succeeding is in the adoption of electric vehicles. So let's talk about it. Let's highlight the one area in which we as a globe are doing well. The rise of electric vehicles do point to a bright spot in our global effort to curb emissions. Last year, EVs accounted for 10% of all new vehicles sold. That's up from 1.6% from 2018. Prices of these vehicles are falling. Incentives, particularly in developed countries, are bolstering EV sales. The report argues that EVs are at that early stage of stratospheric leap. 
And we can as a globe and likely will meet the goal of accounting for at least 75% of sales by 2030. So if you're in the market for a new car, just do it. Just get an EV because we are on the tipping point of that stratospheric leap in which any gas guzzling car is old school. EVs are the way of the future. So that is the one area in which this report says the the globe is doing right. (laughs) What about the 41 areas in which we are woefully off track? Well, this report is notable because it tells us exactly where we are failing. For example, we are failing in the deforestation rate. The global rate of deforestation ticked up last year. The carbon intensity of steel production increased when, of course, it needs to be falling. Government financing for fossil fuels has risen for the first time since 2018. So yes, we are failing in almost every aspect of life, from how power is generated, to how people commute, to how food is produced, to how buildings function, and to how readily finance flows into developing countries. So this study found that change on the global scale, is either way too slow, way too hard to measure, or is just blatantly going in the wrong direction. That is our show today. Next headlines episode, we're going to flip the script and we're going to talk about some new cutting edge innovations. There's some interesting innovation especially with regard to removing CO2 from the atmosphere. One company seems to think that they can do it for much cheaper than previously thought. So we'll cover that next week. I want to wish all of you, if you are celebrating Thanksgiving next week, I want to wish you a wonderful and gratitude-filled celebration with your loved ones. Happy Thanksgiving. I will see you on Tuesday and take care.